And I want the Lord to talk to us this morning. Thank the Lord for the family that received the Holy Ghost up in Arkansas while I was there. They were brand new people. Man and his wife both got the Holy Ghost. And the church was thrilled. The miracles had happened. And I don't know, eternity will reveal exactly what God completely fulfilled there in that place. Luke 11, chapter, verse number 23. One verse of scripture this morning, and I pray that the Lord can deal with us here in this year. He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth. And if I could use a thought this morning, I want to use a thought. Uh, gathering up them that are hungry. There are hungry people in this world that are looking for God and the ways of God, the things of God. And God will satisfy the hunger. He really will. Shall we bow our heads? Master, we ask you, Lord, to talk to our hearts today. Strengthen us, O Lord, and give us that which we need, O Master. Thank you for this place, Lord, this people, God, that have come to hear from you. And Lord, I ask you, Lord, to talk to thy servant, Lord, as I did last night, O God. And ask you to speak to us, O Lord, and strengthen us. Give us that which we need, O Lord, today. And we'll humbly praise. We'll give thee all the glory. And everyone say in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. In the book of Psalms, I want to, the 78th chapter, and starting with verse number 70. <clears throat> Seventy eighth chapter of the book of Psalms. So good to see everyone here today. Our visitors, God bless you for coming in. I want you to be a great part of this great work. Uh, Psalm seventy eight, verse number seven. And he chose David, also his servant, and took him from the sheepfold. I want you to look where he brought him from. From following the ewes, great with young, he brought him to feed Jacob his people, and Israel his inheritance. So he fed them according to the integrity. This word integrity is a very cheap word in the hour we're living today. But I want us to deal with this for a little while. God looks for the integrity of a person. So he fled among them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. God calls unusual people and that's the reason why you're here today he didn't call you because of your status or who you are or what you may be but he called you because that he had something that he saw that was hunger in your soul for something that was real integrity amen God looks for it and he looks for someone who is genuine you might think about some of the words I'm going to bring out this morning. The genuine, the humble, honest to the core, servants with integrity. God doesn't call the smartest individuals or the college graduates to the degree of what they have learned or the knowledge of how they have learned it. But the word integrity 
God looks for. We're going to deal with this. Integrity, a Hebrew word, which is famine or T-H-A-M-A-N. It means completely whole of integrity. Someone that is genuine. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I'm not too crazy about imitation of anything. Instant coffee, you can bring me a carload and I'll give it away. I have no use for it. You may like it, but I, I'll tell you what, I, I don't like substitute. I want to drink coffee, I want, man, give me the high test. I want the very best. I mean, put it on me. And like Sister Milam said one day, I was down at her house, and she said, Brother Milam said, after he died at the funeral, she said, I've got some coffee, but it's Louisiana coffee. I said, bring it on. And if you never drank any Louisiana coffee, I mean, it looks like syrup. Not quite that thick, but, well, it's getting close to it. <laughs> Cajun coffee, and I guess you'd call it, and... And, uh, but imitation, and God is not looking for people that are imitation. He looks at the integrity of, we not, may not see the integrity for a while, but the, God knows our heart, the intent of our heart, the thoughts of our heart. I want to use this word integrity. Now this is why that, that they could not understand how David got called of God in the unusual characteristics that he had. Number one, he wasn't trained as a king. His father didn't think enough of him even when Samuel came to bring him to the household to say the, the, the man of God's coming. He called all the other brothers and all the other sons that he had that he he took and had them all dressed up and had them all ready to meet Samuel. Samuel said, these are, these are not the ones that God's checked. But he's got someone else that's different. He's got someone that's of integrity. And integrity, this is what God looks for, the genuine. I know I may be, I may be repetitious here just for a little while, but I want to, I want to bring something to us that God has given me to give to you. Uh, the innocent having the simplicity of life I mean David had an important job but not really as what we would say tending sheep I mean that's not you wouldn't think well that's not a very important job God calls people with not all that important but he calls people of integrity that are genuine through and through 100% pure of what God wants them to be and I am a firm believer that there are thousands upon thousands of people even in the metroplex of genuine sincerity of integrity that will be what they are and be pure at what they are not make believe you know, I, I tell my wife, I said, one thing I can't cut is an imposter. Makes their voice sound so good to make them feel dignified. <laughs> I mean, 
If your voice is rough, it's rough. Amen. Be what you are. You can't. God looks through all of that. He sees what you are. He knows what you are. But the reason why that God called David was the fact of his, he was so innocent, having a simplicity of life, wholesome, he was sound, he was, and then that's beautiful, the, the integrity is what you are, when no one is looking. God dealt with David when no one was looking. You know, that's the reason why that, and I have known of, of children that while they're around their parents, they are, they are so sweet, so kind. And, but when they turn their back, they're making signs and marks and everything else, that, everything that they possibly can do, because down deep inside, they're not what they really should be. But now let me just, I want, I want to deal around David just for a few minutes. David didn't have to stand before the king to be holy. He didn't have to stand before the prophet because he just was David. That was his nature. And just, he just was a man of integrity. That uh, He was comfortable and uh, and when Samuel looked at him, the Lord immediately said, Stand up, get the get the oil, put the anoint him, for he is the king. And and I can see uh Jess saying, Boy, you've missed it. He's freckled face. He's not good to look at. A king's supposed to be, you know, someone that's tall and shoulders above everyone else and that's what Saul was he was, he was tall he was big he was robust and, and and another thing that David was he come from seemed like the wrong lineage of what a lot of people would think the household of Jess that, that uh, and you know that's what God said you know he calls people to work for him with the unusual capability him or her surely God made a mistake somewhere you know and this is what but what the Lord saw was more valuable than all of what man saw in the individual so let's put it this way that you're here because God saw something in you that he wanted to love you. He wanted to try to help you. And so the Bible speaks of integrity. It speaks of it. It means completely whole. It means from the top of your head to the sole of your feet, you are what you are. And there's no use trying to be something that you're not. Everyone say praise the Lord. Well, when David was called, evidently he didn't have the, the countenance that, well, I can imagine when Samuel saw David coming, Samuel kind of looked, he's little. I mean, a king's supposed to be big and 
not not that and God says anoint him and, and I can just I mean I, I remember one time when the Lord asked me to pray for someone I said mm -mm. I said he's nothing but a troublemaker God said are you going to anoint him or not I said whatever you say Lord I'll do it you do the judge and let me just sit back and do what you tell me to do you're the one that knows the hearts I, I, I don't know the heart of a person and there was nothing actually the countenance of David I don't know I don't, I don't believe he was much over maybe five and a half five seven I don't know he, he was little but boy he sure was light on his feet because he'd done a lot of practicing out there and the, taking care of the sheep out there when no one saw him and his love for God was was not to be expressed to anyone else but he's just watching sheep he had not really an important job but yet it was important enough that his brother said who'd you leave the sheep with you read the scripture he said uh, I left it in charge I didn't just didn't sit and walk off and leave him because that was his congregation for a long long time with nothing but sheep but I want you to look at some things as God began to deal with me you just can't fake it with the almighty when someone doesn't get the Holy Ghost so you just rest assured there's a there's an old dead man down there laying down there somewhere dormant <laughs> there's a problem down there there's just there's a reason for it and, and uh, just hadn't died yet and uh, sometimes we wonder why that some people don't get the Holy Ghost quickly and others get it so quickly it's hard for me to understand and it really is and uh, I have never completely understood it but all I can stand back and say is that God you know and and Lord from all evidence there's something that's not dead yet because if it was dead well you know let me just put it this way people who really love God it just don't matter what she's arguing over something like that don't mean nothing anyway I mean it just, it's just too simple to to really make something out of it I mean when God's word says it well you know let me just put it this way well, God's going to have to show you. You think you're a little angel, some kind of God got to show you something? You think you're a, a special person that God's got to just open the heavens and write, Davis, would you shut your mouth? He don't have to tell me. I mean, I got enough sense. I need to shut my mouth once in a while. <laughs> Glory. Amen. His, this book is the revelation of who he is and what he is and, and how we live and how we survive. It's, it's all in this book, the 66 books of the Bible. And David didn't, wasn't looking for special attention. You know, some people get their feelings hurt if they don't get special attention, you know. Well, everybody gets that till they grow up. <laughs> Oh, come on, brother. Now, I'll tell you what. If you ever had a child that they want everybody to know that they were there. 
And they wouldn't get no attention, so they made sure that they got some attention. And so the little child, she begins to jump up and down. She begins to holler, what's wrong with you? What she wants is attention. And you know, some of us never ever grow up. We just, we want to be the highlight and the attention. So David was, he had, he had a, an integrity that was beyond all that were in Israel at that time because of all the people God. Now, I'm so lonely, Brother Davis. I just hard. Ever since I've gotten to church, just everybody has forsaken me. I'm just so lonely. What about David? His daddy put him out there with nothing but bad, bad. He had no one to talk to. Because he, now let me just bring it to you like the Lord's given to me to bring to you. That David was used to being lonely. He was used to the fact that there wasn't nobody to talk to, no one to. You know, some people think, I hadn't got no friends. Well, if you'll be friendly, you'll have friends. And there's times that no one don't understand, but just you and you alone. And God wanted someone that was on the throne that was used to being lonely, that that he didn't have to share with everybody his feelings, his thoughts, his actions, his ways. He was a, he was an introvert to an extent. He could handle loneliness and pity the preacher that can't stand loneliness. Because there's times that God wants you just alone with him. Amen. I know that I'm, I'm not getting a very good percentage here this morning, but I'm still bringing you what the Lord want me to bring to you. Integrity. He didn't have to stand before a bunch of people to get to get his feelings like he needed to feel, you know. And so David was of this nature. His training, he was lonely. He was obscure. Solitude or all alone in a field of his father's sheep. His brothers didn't even care to even associate with him. David grew up in this area, this simplicity. He grew up in this. And the Lord, because of this, the Lord wanted him to, to be the king because he knew there was going to be times that no one understood. No one understood anything of what he was going to do. Well, let's just look at his wife. He's dancing out in the street, praising God, brought the ark up into the city, and his wife stand up and said, Boy, look at you, king. Boy, I'll tell you what, the king took off his robe and danced. Boy, you've done a good dance before all the handmaidens and the, and the young ladies and so forth out there. He said, I was dancing before the Lord. Oh, no, you weren't dancing before the Lord. He was, he was used to being rejected. Glory. People of God sometimes become rejected because of what they believe and how they live. God wanted someone that was in authority that was 
It didn't matter if he was alone or rejected or obscurity or whatever. It really didn't matter because he was God's man. And so let's go just a little bit farther. He, he grew, grew up in this nature of loneliness. Amen. Well, you know, we qualify people now of who you know. Now, let me just bring some things here. First, he was unknown. No one knew David. Who's he? He's a king. King who? King of Israel. That little fellow. But he was big in the eyes of the Lord. He was unknown. There's plenty of people out there that are unknown that no one knows anything about them but only God. There's still Davids in this world. Unknown. Amen. It was unseen. David was a man that... You know, how would you have felt if you was Jess's boy and supper time come and... Oh, uh, you don't need to come anyway. You don't fit in. You're just an old oddball. Take your sack lunch. I don't believe he called him to supper. David literally lived with them sheep. And he was lonely. And he wanted someone to talk to. And the Lord was just so happy to talk to him. And that fellowship... That fellowship. Let's go just a little bit farther. He was unseen. He was unappreciated. He was unapplauded. Glory. Now let me just let me just share you this. I'll never forget the first time I went to Columbia. Forgive me, Brother Sister Holland, but I'll, I drove up into the parking lot and I told my wife, I said, this church don't know it, but I'm the next pastor. God spoke to me. When I went into the church, I didn't get too good of an exception. <laughs> I sat on the front row and everybody just walked by and wondered who he was. In fact, the song service and other parts of the church service went on, and I was still sitting on the front row. They didn't even much invite me to come to the platform. <laughs> they didn't want me there. And I got up and preached that morning on the tongue, because the Lord gave me the message to preach on the tongue. And a man from Jackson was a good friend of mine. He was selling transmissions throughout the state of Mississippi. He happened to stop in a cafe there in, in uh, Columbia and uh, there was a lady that worked in there Sister Lambert <laughs> I got a memory to have like a cat and so she said to him she said uh, one of your men was down from Jackson to preach for Sunday and she said I'll tell you one thing uh, if he came down for the church He'll never get it because he preached on the wrong thing. <laughs> and old Brother Fortenberry's kind of, he had a big old long nose, you know, and 
Sometimes they come in handy. I told him one day, I said, uh, <laughs> I said, I want you to come over and see me. He said, what's your problem? I said, just come on over. So he came over to the house and he said, what do you want to see me about, Brother Ezra? I said, I got a dead rat somewhere in the walls of this house. And your snobs, you ought to be able to find out where it's at. <laughs> he was a character. He laughed about it. He found it for me, too. <laughs> but he kind of cocked his eyes around. He said, but <clears throat> I'll tell you, ma'am, you don't know Brother Davis. And he don't miss no punches. He just don't miss any. So she said, well, I thought I'd just tell you. And uh, in fact, when I left the church, the one that was in charge, he gave me, I'll never forget the words he told me. He said, what do you think about the church? I said, well, it's nice. It's beautiful. The parsonage is nice. But I said, if you all will pray and fast, you might find the will of God. But if you don't, I said, you probably never will find it. And I said, I'll see you. I got to go. I got a long ways to go. I never did tell him anything. And so about three weeks later, four weeks later, he called me back and he said, Brother Davis, you never did answer my question. I said, oh, I'll let my name run. Be all right. And I got about 90 some percent of the vote of the church. You see, I was unknown. David was unseen. He was unknown. He, he just wasn't the... It was unusual. He was just, can I put it this way? He was just dull and plain, you know. He was just dull and just a plain old life. It's just all it was. I mean, you know, just, he just didn't have all put together, so to speak, you know, like others had it. And King, you know. Everyone say, Praise the Lord. But there was one thing he had was integrity. But that's what I want to bring to you this morning. He didn't have the qualities that we would say would be the qualities of what we would call the right person, but but he had integrity. He was what he, he was honest from the top of his head to the sole of his feet. Why was he a man after God's own heart? And I want to bring it to you again as I brought it to you before. It's because he never blamed nobody for anything. And when something was wrong, he said, it's me, Lord. I've always done that. When services are dead and dull, I've always said, God, I was the reason. Lord, it's me. If you're down this morning, why don't you just quit looking around and, and realize it's probably right inside of this old chest cavity. Heard a man on radio last night, what he said, he said, where's the soul? Tell me where the soul's at. And I thought I ought to call that rascal and tell him it's the conscience. How do you know you got a soul? Have you got a conscience? Does something talk to you when it's not right? When this man goes to sleep, the conscience, the soul has went to sleep. When no longer nothing, you can do things contrary to the law of God and get away with it, so to speak. That's when the conscience goes to sleep. The soul goes to sleep. To the place where 
that man cannot be saved in the end when when the conscience no longer bothers you any longer we're living in a dispensation where well everybody's doing it everybody's doing what not everybody's doing it God help us to 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 have a, a when I do wrong Lord rip me wide open pour the salt in where it hurts God let me wake up to the fact that God I need you praise the Lord amen Bible speaks about being past feelings it means that the soul has gone beyond remorse to the fact that you just blend like some animals do with wherever you're at I want you to look at something his his character was built of loneliness his character was built of just simplicity of life and I want us to look at 1st Samuel I want to go to a couple places here 1st Samuel is 17th chapter and verses number 34 and 35 Turn there with me if you'd like. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. There came a lion and a bear, and I took the lamb out of the, and took the lamb out of the flock, and I went out after him, and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by the beard and smote him and slew him. He wasn't afraid because he he had a responsibility. And when God looked at that which he needed to accomplish, the Lord just gave him the supernatural power. This is why that he was so victorious over things. He, he could not accept the defeat of the enemy. And, and he looked at Saul and he said, that giant out there, he said, let me get him. And his brother said, oh, you come down here just because you want to be seen. He said, no, 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 I, I brought you a lunch down here. I didn't come down here to be seen. But he said, that man, that, there's a cause. There's a reason. He said, he's mocking the living God. He said, if you let me, let me have him, I'll, I'll take care of him. I want you to look at this. He said, Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear and the uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defiled the armies of the living God. And David said, Moreover, I like this word moreover. You need to circle it like I did in my Bible. Just circle. Moreover, 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 moreover. The Lord that delivers me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hands of the Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. And Saul armed him with his, with his David, David with his armor. Well, he couldn't handle that stuff. It was too heavy. It was too big. I mean, Saul was head and shoulders above everyone else, and David, he was just looking up. He looking up and said, I'll go get him. 
Saul, the big man as he was, he's a scaredy cat because he didn't have integrity. Let me just put it this way. A man that will keep, or a woman that will keep their integrity will walk out being a winner every time. You don't have to bow to the, what the world has to offer. Integrity. I am what I am. Praise God. There's no use trying to camouflage what I am. Glory. Everyone say praise the Lord. It's just like going in the courtroom with a Bible. I'm a great Christian. Now if you want the book throw that, you just go in there with one. <laughs> Professing to be something. If you was all that great, you would be sitting there in the first place having to hold that fella. If you'd have been ha half as loving to that which you're holding as what before you got in here, you wouldn't be in here. So they're going to throw the book at you. Amen. David was not afraid to go down there because of his integrity, that he was, he was a man, that, that he knew that the Lord would walk, be with him. I mean, just glory. In other words, he was willing to go out on the edge of a limb, and he knew the Lord wouldn't saw the limb off. Because it, he'd built a scaffold under it if he had to to hold him up to keep him there because he walked out by faith. Now just stay with me just a few minutes. And Saul told David who he, he said, who are you? Oh, he said, the king didn't know him. Nobody knew him. Nobody knew him at all. Glory. Can I tell you how I come to Dallas? I called the presbyter, and the presbyter told me later, he said, Davis, Davis, never heard of him, never, I don't know him. He told his wife, he told me, he said, I told my wife, he said, I don't know the man, I don't know about the man, but he said, while I was on the phone talking to him, he said, something went all over me, he said, he's the man, I don't know who he is. And he told me on the phone, he said, you're the man. But he said, because I know, because I was praying when you called me. And he said, something went all through me. He said, I don't know who you are. And David, when David stood before, who are you? Oh, I'm just, just the son, uh, just, just a keeper of the sheep, that's all. Just, what qualifies you to kill the giant? Well, oh, I had a little experience one time. I might want to share with you, lion and a bear and, tried to take my sheep and I said who do you think you are anyway and he went out there and grabbed that old bear and lion just took him by the mouth and <clears throat> the, the the unusual strength that this man had that normally he wouldn't have but God gave it to him now all David had to do was go out there on the side of the hillside and take his sling got five stones and you've heard the stories but anyway all he wanted to do, all God wanted to do just send it out in a direction God could have sent a little wind over oh, this way boy over oh, this way boom right in the temple dead bullseye just I mean it wouldn't matter if David had his eyes closed 
God said, a man with that kind of courage, he said, <laughs> and integrity, I can depend on him. Glory. Some people are undependable like the weather. You know, you don't watch out, they're going to rain. It's going to rain on you. It's going to do you wrong. But what I'm going back to my text here in just a few minutes. The real men of God are hard to understand and real saints sometimes hard to understand. And you may never. But I want to go to my text in the 11th chapter of the book of Luke 20, 23. Luke eleven twenty three. Turn there with me if you would one more time. And this is where I want to deal for quite a little while. 11 and 23. And the Bible said, He that is not with me is against me. In other words, to love the Lord with all thy heart, thy soul, the mind, the strength, everything that's within you. And then he said, He said, He that is not with me is against me. As I use the thoughts that this morning I want to I want to stretch it. Gathering up the hungry. Looking for the hungry. Two translations of this verse of scripture and only two translations I can find. And he who will not give me help in calling people together is driving them away. If you're not with me, you're against me. Glory. They went from us because they was not with us. And so the Lord saying that together, if you and I work together, working with him. You know what I asked the Lord for before I walked up here? I said, God, I need you. My dad's been dead for a long, long time. I said, Lord. Would you gather one of his prayers and touch me that I might be able to help the people today? The prayer that he prayed for me, and he prayed millions of them for me. I need some help to give. Those that are not with me, he that is not with me is against me. And he that gathereth not What's this gathereth not? In other words, the, the hope expresses, the words express the life of an individual. That which he loves, he talks about, he expresses. Let me use you for a few minutes, Sam, would you? Thank you. <laughs> he said he was driving down to work the other day, got him another good job. And a man asked me, he said, Samuel, let me ask you a question. You, you, you go to church? He said, yes, I go to church. And he began to talk about the Lord. And as he began to talk about the Lord, and he began to cry. And, and this is beautiful. And the man driving the truck said, uh, uh, Sam said, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm crying. I didn't mean to cry. And he said, well, that's all right. Truck driver said, that's all right. 
<laughs> Gathering. The heart draws the heart of another individual. The expressions. The change of, of life. And that's what he's saying here in the translation. He's saying, and he who will not give me help in getting people together is driving them away. And the second translation is, and anyone who doesn't help me gathereth, scattereth. I want us to look in the book of Luke, the fifth chapter, in verse number 17, at an unusual setting, which I got to preaching on the other night. And it came to pass that as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were out of town in Galilee and Judah and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Now, God's got to have something to work with, you know. Hospital are, people, are full of people that want worked on. God is looking for someone to work with him. And the Bible tells us like this in verse number 17. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And when God's presence is in its place. He's there. And behold men brought a man in the bed. Which was taken with palsy. And sought means to bring him in. To lay him before him. Let's read on down. And when they could not find by the way. The might bring him in. Because of the multitude. They went up on the housetop and let him down through the tiling and his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, now let's just put it, four men, one on each corner, carrying the couch or the uh, cot that the man was upon. And... And the man that was in the cot, he was wanting to get where Jesus was at. And the other four men were all together. I'll never forget my dad telling me one time he was Paul Bearer. And this person that died was a very, very heavy lady. Very heavy. Dad told me, he said, I've carried a lot of people. But that weight was about to get to me. He said, finally, I looked at the rest of them. He said, you all carrying anything over there? And they said, we got our hands full. <laughs> together. I mean, God wants the church together. Not just a few praising him. Not a few loving him. But when we get together to see something happen. He said, if you don't get together, in other words, your mind's somewhere else. Well, glory. Everyone say, praise the Lord. And I, I can imagine, you can be seated. I can imagine this man laying on the cot, and he's, and he's saying, where are we going? The, the door's all blocked. I'll get you to him if it's the last thing I do. 
I was preaching in a place one time out in the country, and I noticed a man had needed had a, had a he didn't need one. He had a sound system, and the room was too. Man, I, I've I've used place preaching many places didn't have no sound system, and and I I, I looked at I thought, man, a sound system speaker is supposed to be pointed inside, not outside. <laughs> And he had the windows up all the way with the speakers pointing out. And I asked him why. He said, this whole area is full of bootleggers. And I want you to preach to the sinners out there. <laughs> well, glory. I love fellowship with one another, but hey, how about the hungry out there that's waiting for someone to, let me use the Mississippi word, totem or carry them? <laughs> I'm going to go carry you somewhere. Glory. Some of us feel like, oh, well, uh, my car's too good to carry anyone. If it is, well, you need to get rid of it because it's not worth anything anyway. Glory. Where two or three are gathered together. Hmm. Where two or three have made up their... There's four men that said, Hey, we're going to take you to the master. We got down there and the power of the Lord was in that place, all over that place. And we watched him do miracles and unusual things. And he's something else. And it's time for you to go down to meet him. Glory. Without a promise of receiving anything, they made something available to the Lord to do something. Four men. Now, just let me use this. Now, what would you do if you had a building and all of a sudden you seen four men up there tearing the roof off? I mean, you, you wouldn't like it too well. He said, uh, <coughs> What's wrong with you boys? <coughs> and. I can see the, the doors were blocked. Everything was blocked. Nobody could get in. And the Lord in there. Alabama. Uh, Birmingham one time. Many years ago. And I stopped and I said. Ooh. My Lord. I said sir. Are you in the middle? And I pointed to him. I said. If you could see what I'm seeing standing behind you. I said, there's an angel standing behind you and trying to get you out of that seat. And needless to say, the Spirit of the Lord began to fall in that place. If someone would get together, he said, he that's not together scattereth. And these four men got together and said, let's put him up on the roof. We can't get him in, no way. They're in there fussing and arguing about who's God, who's not God, who can forgive sins, who can't forgive sins. You know, I don't believe this, don't believe that, that whole is a bunch of wild stuff, don't believe this, don't believe that. Honey, just come in where the power's at and you'll believe it. Well, glory. No holiness, no power. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. I, you can be seated. I see these four men looking. One other said, we'll bust the roof off of it. We're not going to wait till he comes out because we'll never be able to get a hold of him anyway. 
glory going to the extreme and these four men got up there and they man you know the dust started falling down everything else and people are You know, just like some of you when you went to Pentecost, them people are crazy, man. I mean, I got my toes stepped on, my bunions squashed, and I mean, I'm just, them people are literally crazy. Glory. You know, I said to myself, I said, I never, when I went to a real Pentecostal church, I said, I wish they'd make up their mind, either stand up or sit down. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden here come I, they, I mean they was prepared glory they had they had to have four ropes Where'd, I mean they just couldn't say catch him they wasn't going to catch him there wasn't no one in that place interested but Oregon you know they had to have some ropes I don't know where they got the ropes at. Yeah. And I can see one of them said, you got your rope? Yep, I got mine. Yep, we're here together. We got. We can come here together. We're ready. It's just like tonight. We come to have church tonight. We come to see somebody get the Holy Ghost. See someone to be healed. If you don't come for that purpose, you scatter the way. You come for one purpose. To see the purpose manifested. You can be seated. I see. I see one of them said, "Well, I got me a, I got me a good old sailor's knot on it, you know." I spent, I spent many a day in, in school, figuring out all the, and if you've never seen the uh, big, chart of sailors' knots, you hadn't lived. I mean, from the hangman's knot on down, <laughs> and the squirm knot, and all these other kind of knots and so forth. And they taught you how to make knots and so forth. And I can, I can see that one said, you know how to make that knot good? Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. I come prepared. I know how to make it. And they all put a knot on that. And, and they said, all right, we'll go a little bit at a time. And they dropped that thing down in front of the Lord. And the Lord looked at me and said, he looked at the man on the scripture and he said, I see your faith. No, he said. You all put me in a predicament here. You've all went too far for to get the rejected no. You've prayed too long not to have revival. You fasted too many times not to see the glory. You made preparation. Glory. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Before you go into the operation room, you gotta have a preparation. Glory. And the nurse comes in and says, Now, we've got to get you prepared for surgery. Now, you put this bottle of stuff on and, and just wipe it off, and all the hair on your leg will just fall right off. We don't want you to go in there all nasty and so forth. We want you to go in there clean. Amen. Does it work? Yes, it does work. Amen. We come to church, we just barely slide in, you know. Well, I made it. 
Look at me, preacher. I'm here. Oh, big deal. So you're here. Have you prepared? Have you got your rope in your pocket? <laughs> Have you had a prayer meeting before you come? Have you, has your faith been exalted? Mm. Glory. Hallelujah. It's time for the church to stretch out. I've come for revival. I've come for a miracle. I've come for a healing. For the Lord's power is in the house. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come expecting something. You can be seated. I can see old David walking up saying, just tell me I can go, would you? I'm not asking you to tell me how to do it. I know how to do it. Just tell me to go. If that old preacher just tell me to run around the church, I know it'd be all right. <laughs> if he just told me, he said, come on, let the Lord touch you. Let the Lord have his way. Hallelujah. Mm. You can be seated. I'm going to come tonight with, with spiritual ropes in my pocket. <laughs> Hallelujah. Most of us find an excuse because we can't. They could have said, now look, there's no use, sir, we, we had good intentions of taking you to church, but the place is blocked. There's no way. There's no, we can't get in. The, the doors are all blocked. The place is full of people. And I can see the man laying in the couch. He said, what about the roof? Roof. Yeah, we can let me down through the roof. They all had to be willing. They all had to be together. Roof? Yeah. What do you think you got that rope in your pocket for? And so they all worked together. They all got together and got up on top of the roof and said, Here he is, Master. And the Lord looked at them and he said, Man. You got faith. You got faith. Man, look what he said here. He said, And behold, the men brought in a bed which was taken with a palsy, and they sought by means to bring him in and lay him before him. And when they could not find by the way they might bring him in, because of the multitude, because of people. People. You know, some people are afraid to to open her mouth to praise him. I remember, I, I never forget this lady trying to help this other lady to open her mouth to pray. Open your mouth and pray. And she had a real sharp, shrill voice. I want you to pray. <laughs> and this visitor woman, I'll never forget, she looked at her and she said, would you stop hollering in my ears? In other words, I don't want to pray. Glory. And the Bible tells us that when they could not by the ways they might bring him in, because of the multitude, because of people, they went up onto the housetop and led him through the th tiling and his couch into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, 
He said unto them, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this which speaketh blaspheming? Who can forgive sin but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, not their actions, but their thoughts. Everyone say thoughts. When you make up your mind, well, I didn't feel him last night, so I probably won't feel him tonight either. You probably won't. But if you come in togetherness with hearts linked together to see the glory of the Lord. Amen. Amen. And so it tells us that there was healing in the place. Amen. There was faith of these men. And all five of them were hungry to see what God really wanted them to do. How hungry are we to see his glory? Glory? I prayed for years. Lord, show me your glory. Show me your power. Show me what you can do. And God still wants us to have faith in him, to believe him. Amen. He hath power to forgive, to baptize with fire. Amen. Just like he did in the Acts, the second chapter. To heal anything when you're in the house of the Lord. I'll never forget the power of God got so strong where I was at. When I was preaching, got through preaching. People come up and be prayed for. One woman had been operated on for corporal tunnel. If you don't know what that is, I, you don't need it, I promise you. She'd been operated on for it. They cut them right here, each side. And, uh, and if you don't know what that is, you don't want to know. Because it's one of them uh, unusual diseases that, which you never heard of in the days of old. I never heard of it. And it's just something that's come along lately. But this woman come up after she's operated on, she, she never got well from it. <clears throat> after church was over with, we were sitting there talking, Brother Wilson and I was, and our wives. And, and uh, boy, he left that phone. He said, mm, I said, what's wrong? He said, you remember the lady? I, I don't remember. He said, I prayed for this lady that had corporal tunnel on both hands. She said, when I went home, she said, all pain, everything was all gone. God completely healed. Heal her hands. Praise God. Together. A believing. Amen. I want us to go to the fifth chapter. Amen. And verse number 12. Go up just a few verses of scripture. And it came to pass when a certain city, behold a man full. Everyone say full. Of leprosy. That means he had it from the top of his head to the sole of his feet. He was loaded, man, with leprosy. And you know, and this was an unusual situation here, and I'm going to close after this. And the Bible said, Behold a man full of leprosy, who seeing Jesus, fell on his face, and besought him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Now, it's always been in the days, the Bible days, you don't touch a leper. 
But Jesus broke all barriers and touched him. Glory. You say, will he still touch you? <laughs> yes, he will. <coughs> you say, but we're living in 1998. God don't deal with people that way. He, he doesn't. I remember in, in 1963, no, not 63, 1967 it was, uh, Brother Kraft had asked me to go to the hospital and I, I was on my way. I said, Lord, I need to go by the church for a while and just have a little conversation with you. I want to talk to you for a while. And I thought, well, now, there's no use of me going. Uh, I'll just get comfortable before him. I know what I'll do. I'll take my coat off, take my tie off, and I took it off. And I said, now, now Lord, I, I don't know of any better place to talk to you but on this altar. So I just crawled up on the altar and put my hands under the head and my head and just begin to talk to him. We got talking there for quite a little while and, and my eyes were closed and I was telling him how much I loved him. And all of a sudden, I felt a hand touch my chest. Lord, I like to come unglued. There wasn't nobody in that building but me. I like to broke my neck getting up out of that place. And, and the Lord was telling me, you can't handle the completeness of me when he just touched me. Glory, he just touched me. Just touched. Glory. When we get together with him, it's his desire, his will to touch us. Glory. Praise God. I remember I prayed for a baby that was going to die in Mississippi years ago. And I went to the nurse's station. And I said, I come to pray for a baby. And, and, and the woman said, oh, come on in. I thought, in the nursery? And I said, uh, I, said uh, I just want to, I, I won't touch the child. I just want to pray over. She said, oh, no, touch it. Touch it. I said, touch it? She said, touch it. I, so I laid my hand upon and prayed for it and and I touched it, and I, I prayed, dear God of heaven, heal this child. And I talked to the mother and the father. They wasn't right with God, and I told them if they'd give their heart to God that, that you'd spare the child. And God, they promised me that they'd give their heart to you, Lord. Now, Lord, spare this child and let it live. And it came to the church afterwards, and she said, this is the baby that you prayed for, God healed. Glory to touch him. Where two or three are gathered together in my name. He don't take a whole lot of people. All it took was four people to bring someone on a stretcher to. Can you imagine what happened in that place? I can see people saying, man, look at that. I can't believe that. Look at that. Glory. When people get together. When the people of God come together. In an apostolic church. Amen. God's looking down and said, They've come together and they're hungry. Glory. Too many of us come to church and we we're picky, you know, take a little taste of this. You know, picky. Glory. 
Jesus touched the man. Amen. And he will come to the least, to the worst of, of a sinner. He will come and touch them. Amen. Jesus touched this man. Amen. Glory. It's God's law. But he looks at the integrity, the cleanliness of a person. I was in the Navy for several years. And there's one thing I don't like is inspection. That meant work. Take your bag and lay it down and, and roll all the things. That wasn't so bad. But the standing attention and the old ones with all the scrambled eggs on their hat and they'd come by and they'd take your hat off and they'd look at the inside to see if you had a sweat ring in it if you had a sweat ring in it well you're in trouble Two th three things that they looked at your shoes and they wanted to see their face in your shoes and then you know they had the the white t-shirt that shone over the blue I think the blues are the most beautiful uniform there is and they flipped that t-shirt down to see if you'd wash your neck and if it had darkness on it so when inspection day come you had a special hat I mean clean I mean you'd had that GI brush you scrubbed that thing there was not one little speck of dirt on it. And you had one pair of shoes that were spit shined that, man, you ain't never in your life seen a pair of black shoes shine like they shine them with a spit sign. And you had a, a special t-shirt that when that admiral, if he come by, he went, and he'd smile and go on, you know. In other words, you're a good sailor. It looked at how cleanless you are, clean you are. And God watches over the sanctuary. He looks by. That's the reason why God looked all over Israel. One day he caught him down at where David was down there singing to him. Come on, man. Lord to God. He's singing by the brook down there. Them old sheep were. David just down there just loving them them sheep singing to him you know about the Lord amen playing his instrument down there if he had his feet dangling in the water he got shocked to death because of the beautiful sound coming from the music that he's playing amen the old harp I just see the old lamb going and God saying Oh, I like that. Someday I'll make him king over Israel. I'll take a nobody to make a somebody. Hey, David, do you remember where I brought you from? The sheepfold. I brought you from a nobody to somebody. 
I can't forget that. I can't forget that in my life. He brought me from nothing to something. I have all praise to give to him. Amen. Because some people got it together to bring me to the house of the Lord. And I was hungry. I was hungry. My wife was hungry. I'll never forget we come home after a few services. She said, oh, did you hear what we heard this morning? Oh, that message. I've been in church all my life, I thought. Did you hear him teach about the veil in the temple? How that it was rent, it was about seven inches thick, and the height of it was so high. My wife was telling me, she said, so high. And she said, when the Spirit of God, after the resurrection, what he hung upon the cross, it was split from top to bottom. And that meant that we could have access into where God was at. I never heard that before. How beautiful. She said, and this was before she got the Holy Ghost. She said, oh, I said, it's, I've been around church all my life. I never heard stuff like that. And you know, really, to them that are hungry, Sister Mills, would you come? You know, he, he brings unusual food to the hungry. And it's sweet as the honey is to the honeycomb. Glory. I heard a story. They said that sometimes in a honeycomb, a little old field mouse will run up into the comb and start eating the honey. And the bees know if they sting the little fellow, he'll die. And he'll take and run all the honey. And the honeycomb won't be no good no more. So they take and the bees take and bring stuff in and build it into a little room around the mouse. And smother him and let him die. But where the, the, the ingredients of that dead mouse will not get into the rest of the honey. If an animal can do that, an uneducated, so is what we know. Why is it that we let magnify the, the little things that destroy us? Just let God just build them in a little place around them and don't destroy the taste of the honey or the honeycomb together I wonder what would happen if we would come tonight be expecting and I am I'll tell you I am I'm expecting I'll be honest with you so great that I can see some of you saying scoot over some would you I hadn't got no room to sit down I believe it's coming before we get into our new building. It's going to be quick. Scoot over some. Scoot over some. There's some hungry people out there. I was hungry. I really was. I was hungry. You can be seated. When I first went to Mississippi, I was in a strange land. I didn't know nobody in a strange city and knew nobody whatsoever.
transferred there with the company. Only fellowship that I could have, and I knew that we'd drive 100 miles to see my wife's people and 20 miles farther to see my sister and her family. Seemed like that every Friday we would jump into the car and put a few clothes to have a little fellowship. But what I was really hungry for was my soul. And when I went to an old Pentecostal church, and God filled me with the Holy Ghost, no longer made the 100-mile trips every weekend, but I just couldn't wait to get to the house of God to, to see what he was going to do and see the miracles I could see and the anxiety of the church where I was at. I was hungry. And then the kinfolk began to wonder, why don't you come by anymore? I found a new love. I'm sorry, but I found something that's better than friendship of kin and family. Not that I don't love you, but I can't be up here anymore because I found my love in the house of the Lord. I was hungry. Lord, I was hungry. As I, as I bring this to you this morning, there, there's hundreds of hungry people out there. They're tired. They're looking for someone to gather them, to bring them in to where the power of the Lord's at. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you for the table you spread here, God. Thank you for your love. Bring us together, God, that we can see your glory as never before. Shall we stand tonight, this morning? Just look out there where I have been and just to think he took me in Oh Lord my God How could it be That you should love Someone like me Just look out there Where I have been And just to think He took me in Oh Lord my God How could it be Talking to you, someone like me. Let's lift her hand and just look out there where 
Oh Lord, my God. Oh Lord, thank you for calling me. Thank you for loving me, Lord. Thank you for loving this people, God. Lord, you brought them out of darkness, this glorious light. Lord, they had a life of heartaches and sadness. But God, you brought them in where the power's at. Oh, Lord, we love you today. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done, God. Lord, our life was miserable, Lord. Mine was miserable, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Could it be that you could love someone like me? Sing it, everybody, just look out there. Could you forgive an old black sheep, Lord? <laughs> oh, I love you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Just look out there where I have been and just to think he took me is open. Why don't you come acquaint yourself with them this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just look out there. Brother Smith will be with us tonight. Brother Taclamara, Brother Smith. Amen. Sister Wendell Allen be with us Wednesday night. Make sure we're here. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you. 